0: And welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for one Thursday, uh, November 17th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with my baseball-related work at other places like JustBaseball.com, which is a very lovely and fantastic website, let me tell you. We're doing all sorts of writing over there. I write about the Padres and, you know... Uh, uh other stuff like gift guides occasion. I-, I read about a bunch of stuff over there baseball you can also see me tweeting about a bunch of stuff over at Peno, j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o and then also at lo underscore padres for all your padres related questions and takes exclusively padres stuff over there <sighs> thank you for making lockdown padres your first listen every day free and available on all platforms, and not so much every day. I know my posting schedule has been inconsistent, but the higher ups, you know what I mean, the the big big locked on, you know, whew, you know they say big oil, well big locked on. They're they're getting on me. They say, hey man, you got to start posting more. Uh, no, of course, I'm kidding everybody, but in all seriousness, today's episode is going to be another fun one. We're continuing the player review series, which isn't nothing super unique. We're just reviewing every player, going over what went right, what went wrong, and what can be improved. Heading into the 2023 season, and, you know, last episode we did, uh, it was on Wednesday, so yesterday, right? Yes, yes it's yesterday, that's right. Uh, yesterday, we talked about Manny Machado, and Manny Machado is quite good. He's quite good at baseball, I would say. Um, so that episode was a lot of positivity and being... Happy and talking about what makes Manny Machado so special and whether or not he should win the MVP, which we should probably find out by the time you're listening to this podcast, and I will be reacting to the results of that on tomorrow's show. But for today's episode, we're not talking about a clear-cut, diamond, jewel-tier player. We're talking about Trent Grisham, of course, the center fielder for the San Diego Padres, and there is so much to talk about, right? This is going to be the definitive kind of my all my takes on Trent Grisham, and we got to start off with the positive, right? Like, what went right for Trent Grisham in 2022? <sighs> well, b- it's it's funny because talking about Trent Grisham is so interesting because on the one hand, we're going to get into what went wrong for Trent Grisham, but what went right and when you compare, especially, especially when you compare to the history of San Diego Padres center fielders the past few seasons, it's... It's kind of hilarious that Trent Grisham is, like, still better than basically every Padres center fielder for at least the last, like, decade or so, you know, barring some guy who played left fielder like, say, Justin Upton or, heck, even Melvin Upton at one point um, might be considered one of the better Padres outfielders, right? So that's kind of where we're at with Trent Grisham, where you have to at least, if you're a Padres fan, look at it from the perspective of, hey, man. Uh, We haven't had a good center fielder for a very long time. And in 2022, he put up some numbers that were interesting in terms of his batting. His slash line was 184, 284, 341. He hit 17 home runs, which certainly helped boost his overall F-War, which was sitting at 2.1. That was not exactly the the best in the league. There were 18 players only that were worse than Trey Grisham in terms of F-War. Um, a lot of Trent Grisham's value obviously comes from his defense. He did win the gold glove, which we have to talk about. I think that with Grisham, his range, um, the fact that he has a solid arm and that he just gets to the ball super quickly is what makes him such a valuable center fielder defensively. Um, he makes some good catches every now and then leaves a little bit to be desired. I admit there was a period in which I genuinely thought he was going to get benched somewhat permanently And that was when he made like two errors in the same game. He does have some confounding mistakes where he can run at the speed of light. But when he gets there, he might drop the ball. So that's one thing with Grisham. But in terms of his defense, seriously, like it has to be brought up past Padres teams. Um, I'm bringing him up right now. Let's look at 20. Why am I at 2018? Well, why does my computer never wish to aid me? Looking at 2018 center field, we we had Manuel Margo. Better batter, certainly than Trent Grisham. 245, 292, 384, but not by much, and Trent Grisham's defense was better. right? You want to go to 2019, it was also Manny Margo. So you can go to 2017, let's keep going. Let's keep going, folks, I'm enjoying this, let's keep going. 2017, Manny Margo again. Not so much there. He did manage to have a 313 on base, which was nice, and he slugged a little bit better, so maybe that makes it, maybe you could argue 2017, Manuel Margot was a little bit better. But then then we get into the weird really weird stuff. Like Travis Janikowski. <laughs> like all these guys, right? Uh oh it was, it was BJ Upton at the time. I thought he he was changed to Melvin Upton. Anyway. Um but we don't have to go through every single thing, guys. You get the point. Bottom line is the pirates have not had good center field um players in a while. Some people might argue Will Venable, that's fine, but bottom line is Trent Grisham was traded for uh from the Milwaukee Brewers heading into the 2020 season and he was a, a really not that great of a player in in Milwaukee and famously made that error that cost the Brewers potentially a, a genuine playoff run, right? And with the Padres, he cleaned up his defense. He did a whole lot. And this year, you cannot talk enough about how valuable that is. That even when Shrinkersham was struggling, that he was able to at the minimum makes some really good plays in center field, and also does deserve a lot of credit for durability. Trankersham has played since, let's see here, 2020. He played 59 of a possible 160, or I'm sorry, 60 games in 2020 with the Padres. In 2021, 132 of 162, and in 2022, 152. And some of that might have been some DNPs, did not plays, whatever you want to call it. Sorry, I'm basketball-pilled lately because that's what's on. Um, that he missed some games, especially late in the season when he was heading into some slumps. And the Padres started using Jose Azokar more. bottom line it's the durability, and it is the defense. And I think that with Grisham, also, yes, the home runs. 17 home runs that he had this season is a career high for him uh, in a season. Granted, it's still a short career. He's still only 25 years old, which we also have to talk about. He's still young. Um, And considering that he's only 25 years old and you still have some control over him, you could do a whole lot worse. You can be a team that has, say, Cody Bellinger. You know what I mean? You could be be Cody Bellinger, right? Uh, Cody Bellinger, actually, uh, only a few spots uh, lower than Trent Grisham in terms of F4. Uh, But when it comes to just the worst outfielders in the league, an interesting kind of uh, name pops up here. That's Nick Castellanos the worst qualified F4 for outfielders in 2022. And I bring that up because, despite how frustrating Trent Grisham can be, he deserves credit for, of course, the defense and availability. But the fact that he is also a reminder of that just because you sometimes go out and you see, oh, this is a superstar player over here, that you have to go out and sign him when instead the Padres elected to stay with their guy and he was, at the minimum, a good defensive player. And more importantly... Also, as a reminder, that if you're a really good defensive player, that gives you a really nice floor, um, it, it, as it turns out, right? There's people like Francisco Lindor in the league. There's people like Jorge Mateo over on the Baltimore Orioles. Players that, because of their defense—Andrelton uh, Simmons was like this for years— guys that, because of their defense, they at least have a really high floor that, even if they're not hitting well, or even if they completely forget how to hit entirely— Um, on the level of, say, Andrew Jones or something like that, that the defense alone at least makes you a starting caliber player. And, assumedly, depending on the roster around you, right? The Padres got very good seasons out of Jerickson Profar. When Nomar Mazara was playing, he was solid for the team. Will Myers was there sometimes. Then you had Juan Soto, right? And then you have Jose Azokar. So, considering that the Padres do have a little bit of an issue with their outfield depth, especially following the trade for Juan Soto... Even that all considered, they have some help in the outfield, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if they try and actually, unlike last year with Nick Castellanos, who they decide to pass on, that they go out and get another outfielder, potentially to add some more power to the lineup or add just basic batting average on base skills to kind of combo with Trent Grisham and be like, all right, we don't care. You can be our Jackie Bradley Jr. Hey, Boston Red Sox, that's the blueprint. Right? Jackie Bradley Jr., for a very long time, has been a pretty poor, atrocious batter. He basically had one season where he was pretty good. So if you want to have the comp for the best-case scenario, from what we saw uh, in terms of Trent Grisham's abilities this year, the best-case scenario is that he could be our Jackie Bradley Jr. Right? Maybe he improves defensively even more. And maybe he just gets a tad better offensively. Well, as long as you have guys like Juan Soto, as long as potentially even Fernando Tatis Jr. might be an outfielder sometimes, depending on what happens with Profar, depending on what happens with Osea Zokar, depending on what happens with some other players and free agency and trades and what have you. Depending on what happens there, you can survive when you have a guy with such a high floor like Grisham with a defense. So he absolutely deserves a lot of credit there. And I, I really do think that uh, you, we should be happy for him. He won his second gold glove this year, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago when that was announced. That's really awesome. But it really should be a... He should be praised because this is a guy who made a fatal mistake in the playoffs. And I like that he's kind of known as a defensive specialist now, uh, which, is, which is cool. At least he has that and he has bounced back. And another thing I loved about Grisham, another thing that I loved, still love the attitude. And what I mean by that is not a whole lot of complaints. Certainly not nearly as many complaints, zero, as the uh, former first baseman of the Padres. Um, always out there always bullish, he's got the swag to him, you, everyone loves using the flipping the Myrtle middle birds uh, picture that's always floating around on Padres Twitter, but I will say um, I just like his attitude and it's because of that attitude that it wouldn't shock me that if maybe he just works like crazy this offseason and maybe figures things out and does what I just mentioned before about trying to become the Padres version of Jackie Bradley Jr. But ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> that ain't it, that ain't it, we're not done, we gotta talk about the bad, ladies and gentlemen, we do, I mean, it, sorry, it, it just has to happen, right, it has to happen, but in before we get into the bad, I should say, I wanna talk to you about how you can keep some of the baddies out of your home, and no, I'm not referring to, you know, what you may call the, the other gender when you think they're attractive or anything like that, no, I'm saying burglars, I'm saying thieves, I'm saying invaders, ladies and gentlemen. If you thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up right now. Locked on Padres, that was so dumb about the girls thing. Locked on Padres listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. I mentioned before, I actually mentioned on a previous podcast that recently there was a neighbor of mine had their home invaded and we're looking back my mom and i and we're kind of saying like hey it's kind of cool that we have this security system it gives us a peace of mind and might alone just by seeing the tag that it's protected with these burglary systems might turn off would-be invaders and even if that's not a turn off it alerts the authorities immediately and it even alerts authorities when you're not even at home that's how awesome simply safe is seriously it's, it's just it's fantastic It's fantastic. Crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras, wide variety of high-tech cameras or something. Whatever you want, man. Whatever you want. You can control your system with your phone, everything. And of course, like I said, they've got security on standby 24-7 monitoring agent or Simply Safe tech support staff. It was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report a third year in a row. That's right. No one hit wonder here. You know what I'm saying? This ain't no Carl Crawford. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? This ain't no Cody Bellinger. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, guys, uh, very important to have your peace of mind if you would like to try out Simply Safe. Well, don't miss out on it because you got an offer just for listening to me do my ramblings on this here show. You get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafecom locked On MLB. This is their biggest discount of the year. So do not wait. 50% off simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like simply safe. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. What went wrong for Trey Grisham in 2022? This is the part that's going to take a while, I think. This is probably going to be the majority of what's left of the podcast. What went wrong for Trent Grisham this year? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, um, Trent Grisham can't hit to save his life. And I think that one of the things that's most troubling is that Trent Grisham was really, really good offensively in 2020 and for the first half of 2021. But ever since then, ever since the second half of 2021, he has been one of the worst qualified batters. You want to look at weighted on base? Go for it. You want to look at expected weighted on base? Go for it. Offensive rating, F4. Just a simple slash line, 184, 284. That's right, he couldn't hit above the Mendoza line. And because of how poorly he hit this year, it does make you almost wonder sometimes how these things are almost um, quantified in baseball, right? Because if you're anyone who just is watching baseball, you feel like Trent Dixon didn't do anything, and then you're like, wait a minute. He had a higher F4 than than a player like, um, with, I can't find a good example, Jesse Winker. I thought Jesse Winker could hit. Jesse Winker had a really bad year, though. But you get my point. Charlie Blackman? But Charlie Blackman, he hit 260. 314 on base. It's not the worst in the world. Well, again, sometimes it, it does amaze you how apparently, according to F4 and stats and up above replacement, that the good defense can really keep you above the, the runs of the litter. You know, And that's what happened here. Now, that being said, that being said, Grisham's bat is really becoming a problem. And remember, I just want to repeat, in 2020, he had a slash line of 250, 352, 456. Weighted on base was really good with 349. And like I said, the following year, he was good for the first half, but 242, 327, 413 overall comes into this season, and it can't hit worth a lick. His WRC Plus for the year was 83, which was lower than last year's, even last year's, right? Like last year you thought, it can't possibly get him. I mean, he had such a collapse in the second half. Well, it did get worse. He's a, he's a 17% worse than your average MLB hitter when it comes to uh, judging things by WRC Plus. And yes, I know he's got speed. He's got good base running skills. That also is a major part of this, the fact that he has the speed. But you'd like to see a little bit more stolen bases from him. I know that stolen bases aren't, The beyond end all when it comes to judging speed, it certainly isn't. But considering that, the amount of times, and I bet you any Padres fan would tell you the same thing. I bet you, if you're listening to this, that you know, the amount of times I saw Trent Grisham do two things. Number one, hit those slow dribblers with that really winky dinky swing of his. That is, Trent Grisham has the worst swing when it's an out. And the best swing when he makes contact of, like, any player in baseball. It is so, hear me out, ladies, gentlemen. Like, this is this is my take. This is my take of the whole podcast. Is there anything you take away from this today? When Grisham makes the contact and has that weird little, I can't even, like, impersonate it. When he does that, it it's, like, incredible and it's so unique and it's really pleasing to the eye, Trent Grisham's. Uh, swing, especially when he hits a ball out of the park. It really is. Just a little, you know, he he wags the bat a little bit and yeets it to center field or whatever. He does have power, certainly. But then when he misses, it's this slow dro- dribbler to first base. I appreciate that he's always trying to run it out and stuff like that, but it's always going to first base. It's always a slow dribbler. Look up his baseball savant page. It's not good. In fact, it's so not good that at one point this year, I called Trent Grisham the Joey Gallo of center fielders. That's, that's 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 what i did and why did i say that it's not just because of the high strikeout rate right it's not just that it's not just the high strikeout rate or the lack of a batting average it is the fact that Trent grisham is incredibly good at defense and joey gallo in theory is very good too but the strikeouts 11th percentile in um strikeout percentage 39th in whiff percentage it's just it's not great Man, and he's not hitting the ball hard enough because if he does make contact, sure, he'll hit the ball hard. But whenever it's not like right in the middle of the plate or his sweet spots, it's it's a whiff, man. And it's really, really rough to watch. And I don't know exactly what happened. I'm hoping that maybe Trent Grisham can get better, but the numbers are just not good, guys. I mean, seriously, like, among if you want to go back and count all of 2021 in terms of some of the worst overall kind of outfielders. Right. If you want to just look at from 2021 to 2022 in total, weighted on base, which is a really good stat for just judging, you know, players as singularly like their their offensive ability. He has the third worst Woba in all qualified among all qualified outfielders, 301. The only ones worse, Hunter Dozier and Miles Straw. Miles Straw is another funny player, by the way, because he's also a very good defensive player that can't hit seemingly to save his life. Um, cause he just has no power whatsoever. And the power is what has boosted Grisham a little bit above Miles Straw. Miles Straw has four home runs, I believe, in his in these last two seasons, which is atrocious. It, it, that is really bad. Um and it's not like his batting average and, and on base are good enough, um, potentially compared to him. Although I, I know. This is the analytic age. I know old school fans will say I take the two forty batting average over one hundred eighty every day, but you need some home runs every now and then. Um So that's really bad, right? So this is not just a small sample size. I remember early on in the year, got into a mini, 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 mini Twitter spat with some folks who were saying, what are you talking about? It was just one bad year. Uh, Stop slandering the guy and all this stuff. He'll bounce back. And I don't understand where this, this, this sureness came from him because as far as I'm concerned, we have no idea what to expect of Trent Grisham going forward, aside from the defense. I don't know. He could get traded tomorrow too. I could see AJ Prowler packaging him for a trade for, um, Jesse Winker. No, he wouldn't do that, but you get my point, right? Like I it wouldn't surprise me would it wouldn't shock me if he says, you know what, maybe the defense on the gold glove that's glistening in his trophy cabinet right now, maybe that's enough to package him to get some other things that we might need. Wouldn't it be impossible. And it also wouldn't necessarily shock me based on what we've seen for a season and a half. Um, from Grisham, granted it's a lower season and a half because it's 2020 being a shortened season. If he can at least be an average bat, like I said with Jackie Bradley, if you can at least be okay, if you can do what Hassan Kim did this year, that would be huge for the Padres. Because then you would say you're under our control. He's still only 25, and if you thought that if you're one of those people that subscribe to the belief that Trent Grisham's hit tool when he's getting um, coming up through the minors. Everyone thinks that he has a really good hit tool, that he knows how to make contact to a degree. I get it. But the bottom line is Grisham strikes out way too much uh, for a player that is supposed to be, you know, your starting center fielder on a World Series team. And that's what worries me so much about him, right? 28.6% strikeout rate. Really, really bad. It's, it's actually one of the highest among among like the the not super duper slugger uh players in fact straight up it is the second worst uh in 2022 strikeout right the only one worse was kyle schwarber which of course is okay because kyle schwarber walks a tad amount and he hits like eighty seven thousand home runs he hit 46 this year so that's why it doesn't matter for someone like kyle schwarber although i will say what's so interesting about this with defense and all these numbers is that Kyle Schroeder had 2.6 F4 this year. That's because he's one of the worst qualified defenders in all of baseball. Meanwhile, Trent Grisham, only 0.5 F4 below him because of that defense. So even if he has 40 home runs, that's what is so interesting. We're going to transition into that right now about what it's going to take for Trent Grisham to get better and what we kind of should expect from him from the future. Before we get into that, folks, before we get into that, because I've been talking a lot, I need to take a quick break to talk to you about where to go if you want to make those bets, where you want to go if you want to place your bet for Manny Machado to win another MVP next year, or perhaps for Yu Darvish to win the Cy Young, or perhaps for Juan Soto to win the MVP, or perhaps for Fernando Tatis Jr. to win Comeback Player of the Year. Whatever you want to look at, guys, with all the odds and stuff, BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at Bet Online, man. BetOnline.net. It's great. We also got some sports podcasts for you. They're easy, they're fast. Get your betting fix in, man. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Da 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 da. Let's keep going, guys. Let's keep going. Like... mm -mm. There ain't no time to waste. Ain't no time to waste, man. You know what I mean? There ain't no time to waste. Let's talk about what could be improved for next season. As I've just been illustrating so much, is that if Trent Grisham, who has now consistently shown that he's a great defensive player, this is not like some other Padres players, right? So um, with Fernando Tatis, with Juan Soto, those guys have shown top percentages and about outs above average and stuff like that, and then the absolute worst the, the year after, right? Uh Tatis, I don't think he actually finished 2021 as the worst in things like outs above average. I'm actually going to look that up while I keep thinking about it. But I know for certain that Juan Soto went from the 90th percentile to like the bottom one percentile, right? Which is wild, and it shows inconsistency and whatnot, which is frustrating, and I, I'm hoping that he can improve it. But with Grisham, you at least know that the defensive floor is going to be there. So if he can just be a guy, seriously, if he, that Miles Straw line that I mentioned, if he can hit 240 with a 320 on base, hit like 20 homers, that's not an all-star, but that is like, you are going to be the, the underrated guy that if the Padres win the World Series, people are going to remember this guy and be like, that was a solid player. Right. Almost like um, Brett Gardner of the Yankees. Solid players that are just kind of there and they provide consistency and they don't they don't have a lot of the flash necessarily. Right. They don't. But the two of them are actually similar with their swagger and whatnot and how like boisterously not boisterous they are. Like they're not loud, but they're like loud with their gestures, if that makes sense and whatnot. Um, And that's that's all well and good. So that's what they need from him. Um, That's what they need. From Trent Grisham, they need him to get a little bit better offensively. They need to make it that every time you watch him hit, every single time you watch him hit. And yeah, by the way, I'm looking at 2021. Uh, Tatis' and OPS above average of 65th. He, re- the Tatis bad at defense thing, is one of the more stupid narratives that came from last year. Don't get me wrong, he had a lot of throwing errors, but his range and arm strength, like, he's great. You know what I mean? And he can definitely be better. Did not get. Corey Seager should have been getting flamed much more than Fernando Tatis. But anyway, Juan Soto, the perfectly deserved, the the slander, like, absolutely was deserved. Continuing on. I think that with Trent Grisham, he needs to figure out how to stop getting called out on three strikes. I know that he had a couple of those in the playoffs that were really frustrating to watch. Um, or not in the playoffs, um... Or maybe it was I forgot. Um, you know they had they used him to bunt, and famously, infamously, against the Philadelphia Phillies in the NLCS. Not to bring back some horrid memories for Padres fans, but moments like that, we cannot have a player who you'd rather, with down elimination, you'd rather have him bunt and give the team a free out and make it two outs and you're one away from elimination versus just letting the guy hit. Uh, that's bad. That's very bad. So that there comes a point when if you make the playoffs where I almost, I care about defense, but I'm wondering if maybe this year showed you that it's it's more of a regular season thing, the defense. You saw the Cardinals got bounced early. They made like three errors in an inning. You saw that the Philadelphia Phillies went super far despite having both Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos. And I know Castellanos, there's a big thing about how he stepped up his defense in the playoffs, right? Like he just started trying. I don't know. It was weird, but I get it. I get it. But even still, with all of that said, I am worried about the fact that he looks at a lot of third strikes. It feels like pitchers know how to pitch him. They know to throw a bit outside and then come inside with fastballs, and he seems to just not be able to hit it. Um, I mean, in fairness, he can't really hit much of anything. It's not like it's a specific pitch that Trent Gersham struggles with. This isn't, say... Um, Let's let's give a good example. Uh, Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman, who was a third baseman, so it's a little bit different. But Alex Bregman, he figured out how to start hitting, you know, sinking, like, breaking balls. Previous few years, it was his kryptonite. He could hit other stuff, but he was horrid against those type of pitches. And he improved. Um, and that's what kind of brought him back to being one of those really solid, not even solid, but just genuine, like, all-star caliber players, especially when he's taking into account the glove. I'm not saying that Trent Grisham has Alex Bregman... Kind of overall win total upside, but I do think that that's what you got to hope for. You got to hope that Padres hitting coaches can be better, and you got to hope that Trent Grisham can be better. And I mentioned on the biggest questions for the Padres this offseason Padres, and this is more of an internal thing that us, the fans, and in my case, fan media, I guess, sort of, whatever you want to call me, I don't care, um, that this is one of those questions that we might not actually us find out, but they need to figure out what's going on, whether it's AJ Preller trading for the wrong players or it's Petco Park and maybe a combination of those two where it's Petco Park and not the right hitters um, are being added players that can't take advantage of Petco Park or be hampered as much as some others or, or is it hitting coaches are hitting coaches here? Not doing all that well, because when you look at Soto, even he got a little bit worse. When you look at Brandon Drury, he got worse. Josh Bell, terrible. Adam Frazier, terrible. Trent Grisham has a good first year with the Padres and then terrible. So I'm wondering, is this a batting coach thing? Do they need to make a change there? Or is it just simply A.J. probably keeps buying way too high on certain players? He didn't buy high on Trent Grisham, but your Drury's, your Bell's, your Frazier's, Does he keep doing this? So Mitch Moreland, if you kind of want to bring that up from 2020, is this the factor that he keeps doing this? Is that what is the problem here? I don't know necessarily, but let's assume for a second it's bad in coaching. I'm hoping that Grisham can improve there because again, he is still just 25. That is the ultimate silver lining. That is not very old. And I don't want to call it a career yet. It is totally possible that he can figure things out or at least figure things out enough to not be hitting 184. Um, And that's kind of how I feel about him. I think that heading into next season, it's going to be interesting, I think. Whether or not Trent Grisham still does get a long leash, I think that you started to see towards the end of the season when Jose Azokar was playing more time, that they were like, you know what, we need to try this guy out. And the thing that I want to bring up is that Jose Azokar does have some speed of himself. And I'm wondering if, if, while he does not have the power, certainly, does, I think Trent Grisham, if all things went right, I think there's 25 home run upside there. I really do. Well, he doesn't have that. And granted, it is a small sample size. If you want to go by outfielder jump, arm strength, sprint speed, and outs above average, 90th percentile for all of them. 85th for arm strength, actually, for Jose Azokar. Granted, in a small sample size. And if you combine that with the fact that he hits two... Hold on, what? where the heck is his batting average? I can't even find it. 257? If he learns to walk a little bit more, it's not impossible that they give Jose Azucar more time. I don't think it's a must, but I'm just saying that's a little bit of a, a storyline to follow, maybe in spring training, whether if Jose Azucar becomes a guy who can hit 260 with a 310 on base and play defense that's basically just as good as Trent Grisham's, it's possible that Trent Grisham is a fourth outfielder. So, you know, it's I'd say it's more unlikely that that happens because I think that bottom line is welcome to, to home run mania. That's where that's where we are. Like the home runs just carry you so much, and I do not think Jose Azokar has any power upside whatsoever. Maybe he's the fourth outfielder. I don't know, but that's going to be something interesting to follow for the off season. And we're not even. This isn't even including whether or not AJ Preller, the wheeling and dealing king, uh, makes another move. There's plenty of outfielders available this off season. Well, eh, that's not true. There's outfielders uh, available this off season. I should say. Um, I think that. Wait, what the hell? MLB free agents. Why did MLN matters pop into my search bar? That's weird. Um, And yeah, I know for fans that are saying, oh, we got to get Aaron Judge. I don't think that's happening. But you've know, you got some interesting players out there like AJ Pollock, David Peralta, um, Robbie Grossman, I've been obsessed with for a while. We'll see what happens with Jerks and Profar. Maybe they just run it back with him. Brandon Nimmo, while he would be great, I just don't see, I think someone's going to overpay for him. So if I'm being perfectly honest, I think that Brandon Nemo is really good, but I see someone giving him like 170, and I don't know if he's worth 170. But then again, it's not my money. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it all pans out. Mitch Haniger is a free agent. I didn't know that until I just searched it up right now. That's a power bat with not very good um defense, but if you want power, you could do a lot worse than Mitch Haniger. Michael Conforto? I think is one of the more interesting baseball nerd type free agents heading into this offseason. But you get my point. Enough is enough. Dexter Fowler's still playing. What the heck? Really? Anyway. Um That's it folks. Trent Grisham overall, considering how messy things were, considering how poor his offense was, considering that it probably wasn't all that fun, uh, getting booed a decent amount, right? Uh in Petco, especially when he was he was struggling with his bat when he was striking out on the dumbest of pitches, when he would swing through balls that, I swear, had no movement on them. It didn't matter who the pitcher was. Considering all that, to still walk away from the season with a gold glove, and we didn't even talk about a great playoff run. And that does count for something in terms of just judging his overall season and talking about you know doing these player reviews. Trinkersham's postseason was incredible. I mean, he was Linsanity for Padres fans. He absolutely went nuts. The home runs against the Mets, the swagger of it all, and making really great defensive plays. One that probably robbed Starling Marte of a double, and who knows what happens after that. That Mets team was very frisky. Uh, their fans weren't frisky. Their fans are still trying to figure out why Joe Musgrove pitched well against them for some reason. Um, but when it comes to Grisham, May, hey, I'll cap that. It absolutely deserves a lot of credit for it. So all in all, I think the thing with Grisham is also to remember that there are a lot of worse players out there. And there are players out there that provide less than Grisham that are older. 25 years old is the key here. I would actually not be surprised if another team comes knocking. I may or may not have heard a couple things. Maybe. Maybe I maybe I know some people that told me some things. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think the Padres are going to trade Trent Grisham. I don't think so. But I will say, if a team did trade for him, I would draft Trey Gresham in fantasy. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like I There's there's something there that I think they can still unlock. I keep thinking about 2020. It's possible the league figured him out. I always say this about Cody Bellinger that the league clearly figured him out. I know. But he's still young enough. He's still got the defense which I've now said like a hundred times on this podcast that we get it, man. He's a good defensive player. I know my bad. Uh, I'd be really curious to see what happens there, but I don't think Preller has any reason to move on, especially after a second gold glove. Um, and especially with not too many pieces to package him with, right? It's not like you can do Jackson, Merrill and Grisham for someone awesome. You could get a good player, but a great player. I don't know if they're going to do that. So we'll see. We'll see. But that's basically it, ladies and gentlemen. Those are my thoughts on Trent Grisham's season. I think overall, overall, it's like a B minus. I think it's like a B minus C plus because the offense was so poor um, that you cannot give him too much credit even with the gold glove. The bottom line is he failed in almost every way offensively. And the reason he gets a B minus probably is just because of the playoffs. The playoffs helping the Padres tremendously, getting big hits when they needed them, especially against the Mets and Dodgers, even though he went back into a pumpkin when they played the Phillies. Still, bottom line is overall as a season, could have gone a lot worse, right? I thought this guy was actually going to straight up be on the bench. Because of his defense, because of the home run power, still got to give him a little bit longer of a leash. At least that's just my opinion. Again, after all, what do I know? What do I know? I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps up my thoughts. The second player review of this here offseason, Trent Grisham. Trent Grisham. And what we're going to be doing for the next player review, I haven't decided, but we're going to do a player who had a little bit more universally believed to be a great season. Um, and I think what we're going to do is you Darvish. We're going to do player review. We're going to be talking about you Darvish, what worked, what didn't work, his best moments, stuff like that, how he can improve next year, what I think about his future outlook for the Padres. And that's what I'm going to be doing. Going to do good player, bad player, good player, bad player. I kind of want to go back and forth. Also, planning on doing some really fun crossovers in the future. Uh, one with Ryland Styles of the Locked On Royals. And if you're familiar with his basketball coverage, Locked On Thunder podcast. Where we're going to be doing a really fun, uh, just look through of some basic uh, baseball information. We're going to do a, a double header uh, episode possibly. And also, stay tuned for next week. We're going to be doing a really fun uh, Thanksgiving draft. Oh yeah oh yeah and I've also got um, podcasts planned to talk about Juan Soto's uh, year in review and I'm going to need some help with that since he wasn't a Padre the full year so you can look forward to that and then also going to be talking with my man Sully from Lockdown MLB we got a lot of stuff it's basically what I'm telling you you know and tomorrow's episode when I start ranting about Manny Machado likely not winning the MVP you're going to want to tune into that if you just want to hear someone rant it's going to be great it's going to be great it's going to be great it's going to be fantastic it's going to be fantastic folks It's going to be great hit me up on twitter if you have any questions about frankly anything you could ask me about comic books i've been reading a lot of those lately shout out kitty pride just the goat right next next to wolverine obviously but just the goat been reading a lot of comics you could ask me about that but of course hit me up with all your padres questions at java peño or whatever and then padres only questions i'd say at locked padres always appreciate you guys reaching out uh, it's it's genuinely always a treat when people send kind, nice words and whatnot. So thank you all for that. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the pot themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire Faithful homies, take care, yeah. <laughs>